Welcome to No Matter What. I'm Hannah Seymour, and this podcast is all about being who God created you to be no matter what. No matter your past, your current circumstances, no matter your relationship status, your career journey, no matter what life throws at you. Each episode, I invite a friend to talk about what that actually looks like, to be who God created you to be no matter what. Welcome back to No Matter What. I am so excited today to have my sweet friend, Maddie Roberts, on the phone. Hi, Maddie. Hey, Hannah. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, man. It's such a delight. This is so fun for me. It really is so full circle because Maddie was in the 242 group. That was what our church ministry called their high school small groups. Maddie was in my 242 group that really was the beginning of my writing and speaking. And I started a blog essentially to answer that group of girls questions about college as they were in their freshman year. And that led to my book. And anyway, so it's just really fun to think about, wow, how much has changed in 10 years in my life and Maddie's life. And just fun. I just feel like you're kind of at the beginning of that journey with me. So this is so fun. Yeah, well, and you were at the beginning of my journey too, of what I'm talking about today. So I know, which is just funny. So crazy and just sweet of the Lord, I think. But so, you know, this whole show is about being who God created you to be no matter what. And we all have dozens of different quote unquote no matter what's that we could talk about. Um, But one of your no matter what's has really kind of become a platform for you where you are ministering to so many other women um, about some of the same things that you've experienced, but also I think just a whole bigger picture of like, like what does beauty mean and truly finding um, their value and how the Lord sees them. So without too much of an introduction on you, I just kind of want to let your story unfold. So why don't we start with like high school Maddie, 15 years old. Tell us about who she is and what was going on in your life. Yeah. So when I was 15, I had just stopped doing full-time gymnastics. That was my whole life up until then. And I was just kind of, you know, going to church where I met you and my other high school friends. And around that time, I started to develop pretty severe cystic acne. And that was kind of the beginning of my body insecurities. And that was something that I immediately, you know, was working to fix. You know, I went to the dermatologist and I didn't realize then, but that was going to start a journey of trying to heal my acne that I'm still dealing with today. But back then it it was starting like a five-year journey of going to dermatologists and finding a different cure because the last cure didn't work or it stopped working. And so, yeah, you know, that was something that I was kind of dealing with at that age. And then just throughout the next couple of years, I also started to gain a little bit of weight and, you know, I was going through puberty. Like I just kind of, my body was transforming into something different than it had ever been before, you know, just because of circumstances in my life, you know, not being a full-time athlete anymore and growing into a a woman's body. Yeah. (laughs) And, and it really, it alarmed me and it really kind of caused me to just become really hyper-focused on what I looked like and if I was beautiful or not. And that was like my, my biggest concern in life. Hmm. And that kind of led to a really dark season where I was just, I was trying to control everything. I was trying to control my body, 
through food and constricted eating and heavy exercise and just doing unhealthy things in the name of beauty and just trying to look the way that I thought I needed to look. Mm-hmm. And it was unhealthy <laughs> and it was it was dark and it, it led me to be depressed and anxious. And I've learned now this is so many other girls' stories, yeah. which is really devastating. And for me, it was it was a secret for a long time. Yeah. You know, I just I didn't want anyone to know <laughs> that I was insecure because I knew that the insecurity wasn't attractive either. So sure. like I just I was just really I was struggling. And so that was going to be my question for you. Like you are battling like severe insecurity and anxiety and depression. And, but meanwhile, you're also doing like all of these like crazy things externally to try to, you know, control how your body looks. And I mean, you've told me before, like you were literally like going on runs wrapped in saran wrap. I mean, you're like, it's like a, like a pro wrestler, like trying to like get down (laughs) to his like class weight, you know? And, um, so my question was going to be, what was going on with your friends and family? Did they know any of this stuff? Were your friends battling with similar things or, but it, it really was just a big secret. It was, it was my greatest secret. I feel mm. like, because even, you know, my mom, my mom and I were so close and I don't think that she had really the slightest idea of the seriousness of my insecurity mm. and my pain. I remember during that season of my life, I would make a lot of remarks. Like I would say, I'm so fat and, you know, I just, I want to be skinny and, you know, I just constantly be making remarks about myself. And I remember my mom would be like, hey, you need to stop talking about yourself like Mm. that because God's going to strike you down. (laughs) And, but like, it was always kind of- tender love from Mama Tom. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of like lighthearted, jokey, like, oh, I'm fat, but like, it was really, you know, it was, it was eating me up. And so, yeah, it was a secret. And and I feel like even my friends weren't really aware, you know, they were probably aware of my remarks, but they didn't really know that, that I'd go home every night and I'd look in my full length mirror and I would just cry, Mm. you know, and I would just curl up in a ball and, and just be devastated because I just, I felt like I couldn't, I couldn't control what I looked like when I so desperately wanted to. And what was going on in your faith journey at that time? Like, it's not like you didn't know the Lord. So where, like, what was the tension? What was going on between all this anxiety and depression and insecurity and like Jesus? You know, looking back now, I see that I was living a double life in front of God. Hmm. I was kind of showing up to him (laughs) two-faced. You know, I was going to church. I was, you know, in Bible studies. I was reading my Bible but then when I wasn't doing that, I was completely consumed by my appearance, you know, yeah. and I was completely trying to control things when I should have been surrendering them to God. Mm. So it was like I was giving God part of my life, but I was holding on to the other part and I was kind of saying, no, you know, I'll deal with this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there was a lot of tension in my relationship with God that I didn't even, you know, I didn't even see what I was doing for a long time. And I think that explains now why I was, I was struggling so badly with that depression and anxiety is because I was living a double life, you know, in front of God. And that's not going to be good. 
Yeah. The side that, of course, I saw of you was this like positive, perky, loves Jesus, is excited to tell other people about Jesus kind of girl. Would you say that you felt like, yes, God loves me and he has a great plan for my life, but I need to look a certain way in order to like fully walk into what God has for me? Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I blamed myself for what I looked like. And that wasn't, you know, that wasn't really something I was like blaming God for. Uh And so, yeah, I did feel like I was, I was trusting in God. I believed in him for my life, but I also felt like, well, he has a man out there for me, but that man's not going to be attracted to me if I look like this. So Mm -hmm. I got to deal with my weight. I got to deal with my skin, you know, or Mm -hmm. else, uh, you know, God's plan for me isn't going to unfold the way that I want it to. I just, I had no trust in the sovereignty of God and and the control that he has over my life. Mm. So what changed? Where did you go from there from a really lost teenage girl? Lost, not in all respects, just in this one area of life, but, but you know, what happens? Yeah. So it was honestly, it all began to change in one night and then it was kind of a slow journey from there. Mm -hmm. But the one night where it began to change uh, Hannah, you were actually there. It was at a small group in Slovenia when we were on a trip yeah. in Slovenia and we had just heard the story of the prodigal son at an evangelistic camp. We had just heard them preach that story. And, you know, we had a little small group afterwards and there was a question that was asked. I don't remember what it was, but it really just, it made me think about my life and it made me realize how two-faced I had been and how I had been running away from God, you know, in the sense that I was completely ignoring his beautiful design for my body. And I was saying, no, this is an ugly design and I need to fix it. And I just surrendered that night. I was just like, God, I, I've been so, I've been a prodigal and I just want to come to you again. And I, I pray that you would welcome me back and forgive me for yeah. the way that I have just been so ungrateful for my body. And it hit me like a ton of bricks that night. I just realized I, I need to surrender, you know, at yeah. all of me to God. And that was just an amazing kind of experience for me to just be able to finally let go of that secret, you know, that yeah. secret insecurity. And God just blessed me that night with I feel like every single girl in the room cried with me and encouraged me and empathized with me because I'm not alone in that. I feel like most girls experience some insecurities to some degree. And so that was where it all began to change. So, I mean, one night with a pretty major shift, perspective shift, but then what did that look like in practical, like day-to-day steps for you to kind of turn from where you were and and walk in this new path and perspective that you felt like had opened mm-hmm. up to you that night. Yeah, so that night or after that night, I moved into a season of like I said surrender where I stopped thinking about exercise, I stopped thinking about food and I just ate, you know? Mm-hmm. I just ate food when I was hungry. I worked out or no, I I didn't exercise actually for a long time. I just didn't exercise at all. Mm-hmm. Because I just couldn't do it in a healthy manner. Yeah. You know, I just couldn't, I couldn't do it without it being about the way I look. Yeah. So I moved into a season of surrender 
And then I moved into a season of gratefulness. And God really showed me that, you know, I am made in the image of God and that my body is a gift. My body is a vessel. And God put people in my life during this season to really kind of show me that even there was a teacher that I had, the dance teacher, that she wasn't even a Christian, but she was constantly drilling into us, her students, this idea that we need to be grateful for our bodies because they allow us to do amazing things you know they allow us to dance and express ourselves and that was an amazing thing that not everyone gets to have and again that was something my mom had been telling me all along and I had just been like ignoring her and not wanting to hear it I know but poor moms they're always saying the truth to us first it always takes another mouth to say the same truth and they're like yeah I've been saying that to you for three years exactly so (laughs) So that was kind of, that message was being poured into me in that season. And that kind of led me to a healthier state where I I was able to begin exercising again and doing it because I appreciate my body and I appreciate the way that God created it to be strong. And, you know, I used to hate my muscles. That was another thing as an ex-gymnast. I hated that I had these big muscles and I started to find the beauty in that again. And I started eating healthier before I was just eating whatever, because I couldn't even think about, you know, Mm -hmm. what type of food I was eating. But then I, I started realizing that different foods made me feel better and some foods didn't make me feel so good. So I started to honor my body through eating cleaner and yeah, it was all because it was stemming from a place of gratefulness Mm. instead of hatefulness. Mm. Mm. (laughs) So that was kind of the second the second season that I believe God brought me into. And then he brought me into a season of, there were like three seasons, if you haven't noticed, like three seasons of my life that he kind of brought me through. And the last one was just a season of forgetting my body and just focusing on others. Hmm. And that was, I mean, that's so healing just to be able to say, it doesn't matter (laughs) what my body looks like because I'm living my life. You know, I'm living, I'm doing what God has created me to do. And that is what's fulfilling me, Mm. not how beautiful I look. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that was kind of my, kind of the three seasons that that God brought me through on my journey to confidence. So, I mean, part of this, obviously, it started personal. The Lord revealed something to you that he wanted, he wanted control of. He wanted you to give over that you've been holding on to for so long he graciously and gently, like only he can, walks you through a process. And then at some point, this becomes a pretty significant platform for you in speaking to other women. So tell us about that. Like, how did that all come about? I mean, it's funny because from an outsider's perspective, it like, like I remember, and this is probably totally unrelated. I think you had a YouTube video where you were like making fun of how people sing, like that went viral. <laughs> and then, and then, yeah. and then also all of a sudden you like had this major online platform talking about acne. Yeah. So that actually started a couple years ago. I posted a picture just on Instagram. A whole other part of my story was I developed pretty severe acne again in my 20s. And I went on Accutane, which what you know, Accutane is like the major drug that is like the last resort for anyone. 
and it's pretty dangerous, but I went on Accutane and it didn't work for me. The acne came back and, you know, normally people would go on a second round of Accutane, but I just was like, you know what, there's obviously something else going on in my body. And so that's kind of when I started to approach my acne with a more holistic view because I had just tried every medication and I was finally like, you know what, I just, I think I'm going to have to live with it for a little while while I figure, while I figure it out, you know, yeah. while I do some experiments with some more natural methods. Mm-hmm. And so I was living with my acne and I was kind of forced to just like accept that. And the way that I was able to do that was through my husband, really. He was showing me this unconditional love that I thought was impossible before I'd met my husband and I was struggling with acne, I just, I, again, I I really didn't have faith that I would be able to have a relationship where, you know, a man loves me and finds me attractive and wants to marry me. And I so desperately wanted marriage. Mm. I, I, you know, I've always just, I've desired that Mm -hmm. and I've wanted to get married and I think, and and yeah. And so I've dealt with a lot of insecurities about my skin and around being loved And then when I met my husband, he showed me this unconditional love and it was, it was just Christ. Like it was a picture of Jesus. You know, my husband proposed to me on a day when my skin was, it was horrible. Like it was painful. (laughs) I had just these huge cysts all over my face. And that was, you know, my husband proposed to me and asked me to marry him that day. And I just, again, saw Jesus in that because he, you know, Jesus pursues us even though we're, we're so dirty, you know, we're so ugly. And yet Jesus says, you're my bride. And so that was, that was kind of how God helped me to gain a perspective on my skin and my beauty and see that I'm worthy. You know, I'm worthy of love despite what I look like, even though I think I'm not worthy, God says I am. And so that was a message that I felt like needed to be conveyed to more people because it was kind of revolutionary for me. (laughs) I was like, whoa, there's probably a lot of girls out there who think that they can't get married because they have acne. And so that was kind of what prompted me to start posting pictures of my acne because I'm like, I have nothing to lose. I got married (laughs) and he's not leaving me. So I've signed, I've sealed this deal. Let's, uh, Exactly. So I just started posting pictures with like no makeup, just my acne out. And I was just, you know, kind of writing encouraging messages and and talking about worth, talking about love, marriage. And it's, you know, just slowly accumulated a bit of a following. And and there's just, honestly, it's sad how many people resonate with that. Mm. But it's beautiful that God has used something that has caused me so much pain to give me a platform to talk about him. Mm. You wrote, acne has been my struggle for the last 10 years, and it used to make me feel like no one would want to love me. Whatever your insecurity is, whether it's acne, eczema, your weight, your height, anxiety, etc., there are countless things that can cause us to feel unworthy in life. But I'm here to tell you that there is a mighty God who created every intricate part of you on purpose, and he thinks you are a masterpiece. I mean, that that's like a whole sermon in itself. <laughs> what has the response been like from 
women that, you know, you've never met, but they feel seen and heard and understood and ministered to through messages like that from you. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's just been mind blowing. I've gotten so many messages that I can't even respond to them all. And they, you know, a lot of them are like, you're beautiful though. Like when I look at you, Mm -hmm. I see your acne, but I also see that you're beautiful. And so that makes me feel like maybe people also see that I'm beautiful. Yes. And that is like, those messages are like, yes, yes, (laughs) yes, exactly. You know, because that shows that they understand like our beauty does not come from our skin. Mm-hmm. You know, it comes from being made in the image of God. It comes from, from our character, from who we are as a person. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just so much more to us than our bodies, than what we look like. Just want to interrupt this conversation for a second to tell you about a couple things. One, each month in 2020, I'm choosing a book of the Bible to study, and I would love for you to join me. You can learn all about it on my Instagram, and you can even download a reading guide to help you. The guide is to give you a super simple, flexible, and really a practical guide in helping you get in a rhythm of reading your Bible and seeing how it can impact your life. Second, I'm running a major sale on my book, The College Girl Survival Guide. It is the perfect high school graduation gift or just a sweet way to encourage a current college student you know and love. You can even ship the book directly to her with a note from you. Go to hannahseymour.com for more info and use the discount code no matter what, all one word, all lowercase, no matter what at checkout. So what would you say to a person that's listening to this right now and whatever that insecurity is, how, how do they move from a stage of control to a season of surrender? Mm, Yeah. So what I would tell girls is actually this one phrase that has been, um, hugely encouraging to me and it's just helped my perspective. And that phrase is think eternal. Mm. This phrase was actually kind of the legacy phrase left by my husband's father who passed away 10 years ago. I never got to meet him, but he would say this, think eternal. He had cancer for 10 years and then he eventually died from it. But his motto the whole time was that, was to, um, you know, have this eternal perspective. And he touched so many lives with that very simple phrase. And he's touched mine with it. And so that's what I tell girls is think eternal. And when we're applying that to our bodies, you know, if you're thinking eternally in light of your uh, weight gain or your acne or whatever it is, then you can have this perspective that we're not going to be in these bodies forever. You know, we're going to have, we're going to have new bodies later on. And it kind of dilutes the pain of feeling ugly when you realize that this isn't forever, you know, there's going to be a new body later. And also it just helps you really think about your priorities. You know, what am I doing with my body that is going to affect eternity? Or am I doing anything with my body that is going to affect eternity? How am I using my mind? What am I thinking about? What am I spending my money on that's going to impact eternity? Yeah. So it's like when you're thinking eternally, your focus tends to shift off of your vain worldly desires Mm -hmm. and just onto other people, onto the things that God desires. Yeah. Yeah. The things that God treasures. 
That's so good. I, for me, listening to you say that, thinking about like, cause I'm like, well, our bodies, I mean, they're, they're just going to be basically be discarded, right? Like we're going to get new bodies. So, but that thought leads to me in a place of just gratitude for my body. Going back to what you were saying earlier, Tyler and I were in a workout group for a while with some friends. And I mean, it was the most intense, like boot camp style workout thing that I've ever done. And we loved it. But I mean, like we would be sore for forever. Like the soreness like never ended. And oh my gosh. Um, I mean, there would be times that like I thought I was going to throw up. I mean, it was like so intense. And <laughs> and the whole time, the two, well, actually there are three guys that ran it. They were so good at always lifting our thoughts and spirits up towards the Lord, which like sounds so cheesy, but truly, I mean, we'd be like dying from the pain, like you're so tired or your lungs are burning, you know, and, and literally like turning that into like, thank you, Lord, that I have strong lungs. I have strong lungs that I can push to a limit that are burning right now, Mm -hmm. like making my body stronger you, that's a gift. Not everybody has that. Like, thank you, Lord, that my legs are so tired. I can run. I mean, that's something that, like I say to my two-year-old all the time when he wants me to carry him. I'm like, nope, you are going to walk on your two strong legs that God gave you. He gave you strong legs and we're going to use them, you know, but that it really yes. like that parenting thing for him came from yeah. that boot camp of constantly thinking about when I'm working out, I can actually like, I mean, again, I'm like way over spiritualizing this, but like I can be worshiping (laughs) while I'm working out because I get to be grateful that God has given me this body because so many people do not have health, do not have fully functioning bodies. Well, the other day, I mean, this is again, I'm probably over spiritualizing something very silly, but I, I cannot use a cheese grater without accidentally grating my finger. It happens (laughs) Every time I should probably look up a YouTube video on how to do it properly because I, I always no, do it. I'm going to mail you. And then you, I have to throw the cheese away because that's disgusting. I'm like, going to mail you like gloves that you wear off of Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> I'm writing that down. So anyway, yeah. So anyways, I had a cut on my finger and I just was marveling at the way that it healed. Mm. It, even within that day, it, the depth of that cut, you know, it closed up so quickly and that was just amazing to me. I'm like, what else is there anything in the world that can heal itself like this? Mm-hmm. You know, there's just, you know, something man-made because mm-hmm. everything that God creates is so supernaturally amazing. Mm-hmm. And that's just another, I, I think it's a great thing to look at your body and just take note of the ways that it, it is truly amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's a gift. If you were to be completely in charge of your own story, I mean, obviously God has used something that you hated, acne and like body image issues, and he's turned it into good in your life. I mean, I love that. Like only the Lord can do that. Do something that we just hate and flip it on its side and it's for his glory and it's for our good. And he has used that through you to help so many other people. But if you could be in charge and write your story, would you write out acne, body image, the insecurity, the dark season. No, see, that's the funny thing is back in high school, I would think if I were in charge, I would erase all the acne. I would erase any of the weight gain. That would not be part of my story because that was a painful time. Yeah. But it's so hard now being on the other side and seeing the way that God has brought all of those things to a beautiful fruition. It's so hard to look at that and say, no, <laughs> yeah. I just want to be beautiful and perfect because where's the creative, like that's, that's boring. 
yeah. looking back, I'm like, what would my life have been? I would have, mm. I, I don't know. I, mm. It would have been either it would have been very boring or I would have found something else to be insecure about. Mm-hmm. You know, I might've been, I might've been gorgeous, flawless. And then I don't know, maybe I would have had my heart broken a ton of times mm-hmm. by a bunch of boys because I was, you know, I so, so strongly wanted love. And mm-hmm. so I, I imagine maybe if I looked the way I thought I wanted to look, I would have been probably getting into a lot of relationships mm. that I didn't need to be getting into. Mm. And who knows, who knows what would have happened. So looking at it now from the place that I'm in, where I'm in such a loving marriage and a confident place with my body, no matter what it looks like, mm. man, I wouldn't change anything. I think it's sticky, so I'm not going to go here for long. I think it's sticky to like overthink and analyze like what could have been and what just because it's like why it is it is what right. it is. Right. But I mean, when you're saying that, I thought, what if all of this was for Maddie's protection? And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we don't know. We don't know what the Lord was protecting you from or, you know, what again, I don't I think right. it gets we get sticky fast. But no, um, I thought that, yeah, the other thing that comes to mind on season one of the show, I had Gwen and Ashley Traficant and Jim Traficant, Gwen's husband and Ashley's dad, will mm-hmm. say when folks are just, you know, in a really dark season and really hurting because of something in their life, he'll say, what if God isn't doing this to you? What if he's doing this for you? Mm-hmm. And to think about the things that we so struggle with and we wish we could erase and change about our lives. Like, what if it's not something God has just allowed or even made, you know, has commanded into our life. What if it's for us? And Mm -hmm. I think we just have such a limited perspective. I mean, all, all we know is our life, our perspective. I mean, the amount of time that we have even is so small. Like we have no idea his grand plan and what he is doing and how he uses all kinds of things that we probably wish weren't in our life. He really is using them for his glory and for our good in ways that far surpass like whatever would be accomplished if we were in control and if we removed all of the discomfort and all of the hardship and and all mm. of those pieces of life that we just don't like or want. Yeah. Amen. As you were going through your own process, where did you turn for comfort or encouragement as God was leading you through all of this? Two things that were really comforting to me during that time were just reading the Bible. Yeah. Obviously, that's that's always something that has really brought me a lot of comfort. I just feel safe reading the Bible. I'm like, you know what? I know I'm not doing anything wrong <laughs> when I'm reading my Bible. <laughs> it's like I'm safe there. And music, worship music. Mm. I have found so much joy and just worship through listening to music, through listening to worship music. It's something that I just see God in so much, just even just thinking about music itself, I'm like, how crazy that sound waves can cause us to mm. feel emotions, you know, can cause us to feel closer to God. Like, it's just the most amazing thing to me mm-hmm. that God would create something so beautiful to just allow us to connect with him. Mm. And so, yeah, that's, those are two things that I think really have helped me in my journey. Cause it's hard. I mean, it's hard with acne. I would say, you know, other people, but it's hard when you kind of deal with something that not a ton of people deal with, you know, severe mm-hmm. cystic acne. I have developed a couple of friends in the last couple of years who have cystic acne, and we've been able to have conversations about it, you know, to talk about it from a godly perspective. And 
that has been a blessing. But mm. yeah, in the beginning, it's kind of a, a journey between me and God. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. So what did that conversation look like between you and the Lord? I guess in the beginning, it was it was pain. You know, mm. it was like, why God? Yeah. Why do I have this? Yeah. And then as I, you know, as God began to bring me through those seasons, it, it turned into, okay, God, you know, I'm, I'm going to be grateful for my skin, even though I don't understand, but I know that you have a plan for this. Yeah. And then, you know, later on, he started to grow my platform with it. And I was like, wow, okay, God, like you are using this and this is incredible. And okay, I see what you're doing. And, <laughs> you know, he really used that to just the more that I pressed into prayer and conversations with him and reading my Bible, the more that he showed me what his plan was with my acne. You know, I have a desire for evangelism. I have a desire for telling people about Jesus. Yeah. And he's used my acne to be able to do that, you know, to be able to have a platform to talk about that. You know, if I wasn't in my Bible, if I wasn't praying, maybe I never would have seen that. Yeah. Yeah. And taken that opportunity. Was there a particular passage or verse that you really clung to as you were kind of working through all of this? Yeah, there have been a couple. I think the first one would be Romans 12 too. Mm-hmm. That was that was a big one for me in high school um, where it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind yeah. that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. You know, reading that and going through a season of finding true confidence in my body um, that doesn't relate to what it looks like, that was huge to think, okay, I'm not going to be conformed to the world, which tells me you have to look this way. You know, you have to spend time on your skin and your eyelashes and your lips and your body. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be transformed. I'm going to let the Lord renew my mind, give me a new perspective and show me his desires for me Mm. and let him rearrange my priorities. So that was, that was a huge one for me. And then later on, you know, when I was in that season of fear that I would never find love, (laughs) it was Proverbs 31, 25, where it says, um, strength and dignity are her clothing. And Mm. she laughs at the time to come Mm. that verse it convicts me because I'm like, that's just, that is not me. (laughs) That that doesn't sound like me at all. And that's sad because I, and I'm still this way and the Lord is still like, I feel like I need this verse tattooed to my eyeballs, but yeah, it's just like the craziest thing for me to imagine not being afraid of the time to come, you know, Mm -hmm. to, to be so just trusting that I would laugh about it. You know, it's just, that is, something that I strive for and and it's something that I wish I could tell my younger self like hey it's gonna be okay (laughs) you you know God has a plan for you you desire love and you don't have to be constantly working on your skin on your body to be able to find love because Mm. God has a man out there for you who's gonna accept you and love you Mm. Mm. so I think so many people struggle with massive insecurity, or as you were just saying, just the deep desire to be loved. But if you personally aren't going through that, I guarantee you have a friend going through that. So what would you say to someone who has a, a good friend that they know, like, man, they're really struggling with this? How, how can they be a good friend to that person? Yeah, I think I have been guilty of this 
maybe you have too, but I think a lot of the time when your friend is dealing with insecurity about their body, they, you, you tend to want to reassure them, you know, by saying, oh my gosh, no, you're so beautiful or what? No, you haven't gained any weight, you know, just try to like tell them that what they're saying about their body is wrong, Uh even though it might, you know, maybe they have gained a little weight, you know, maybe their skin's breaking out, you know, maybe that is happening. Yeah. So what I've learned is that telling them those things is not as impactful because they're still going to look in the mirror and they're, and they're going to see what they see. Yeah. And so what I would suggest is as a friend, as much as you can remind them that they're made in the image of God. Mm -hmm. You know, when they say, I feel so ugly, I feel so fat. You can say, girlfriend, you're made in the image of God. Yeah. And that means that everything about you is extraordinary. Mm. You know, you can tell them, hey, you know, your joyful personality can lift anyone's spirit. You know, I am just so mm-hmm. uh, amazed at your the way that you're able to do that. You have such a beautiful personality. Mm-hmm. And it's like just shifting the focus away from her body and onto, you know, the things that really make her who she is. Mm-hmm. Because those are the things those are the things that you can find confidence in. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the, the only thing that you can ever truly put your confidence in, I think, is the fact that you're a creation of God. You're made in the image of God. Mm. And that is never going to change. That's right. My dad always says, you can't fact away a feeling. And I think about that a lot when I have friends or people who reach out to me on Instagram or whatever that are talking about just what you said, like they feel like they're ugly or they feel whatever, whatever we're feeling. You can't, you can't fact away a feeling. Your feelings are your feelings. It doesn't mean your feelings are always right or true, but they're your feelings and can't fact them away. And so I've learned to, you know, respond a lot of times. Like, I hate that, man. I hate that. That's what you think. I hate. That's the way you feel. I'm not going to say you're wrong. I'm not going to like try to combat it with facts. Just, I, I, I hate this. You like, I love you and I hate that you feel that way. And then just what you said, speaking truth, you're not trying to combat that feeling, but saying what I do know is that you are an image bearer, which is incredible. And that just like you said, like when you walk into a room, man, you bring light every time or you're a truth teller or like whatever those things are Mm -hmm. that just immediately stand out to you about that friend and why you love them. Like I love you because X, Y, Z. Man, I, I mean, that, yeah. the other thing that immediately comes to mind, again, my, my padre always, like, he says, everyone's <laughs> under-encouraged. Every mm-hmm. single person in your life is under-encouraged. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think, again, we hear that and go, yeah, I am under-encouraged. Like, okay, well, yeah. maybe you are. But you know what you can do and what you have control over is encouraging other people. Mm-hmm. And you don't know what insecurities other people have. Like you said, it was your greatest secret. I think that's true for most you know, if we have something yeah. that we're massively insecure about, we're probably not going to be talking about it, right? We don't bring any more attention to it. Yeah, um, exactly. You have no idea what people are carrying, what they're insecure about, but you can be sure that they're under-encouraged and you can encourage other people. Mm-hmm. And I think you do that, Maddie. I think you do that in an extraordinary way through, I mean, it's just, you know, Instagram, this stuff is so silly, right? It's like this Mm -hmm. weird thing that didn't exist 10 years ago, all this social media stuff. And yet, and some of it can be hurtful and some of it's not good for us. Right. But I think on the flip side of it, God has used it again in a way that only he can, like you are encouraging so many people by just being honest, like this was my insecurity. It's not anymore. This is why I don't have to be insecure about it. Now, as I say that, 
let me ask you, like, is this just over and done for you, nail in the coffin? Or do you still sometimes find that, like, creeping back up in you about, like, what I'm eating or what I'm, how much I'm working out or what my face looks like today? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially <laughs> during this time where we've been stuck inside for quite a few weeks now because of quarantine. And yeah. I keep telling my husband I'm gaining a quarantine 15. <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely it's kind of hard when I look in the mirror and I'm like, okay, well, that's not what I looked like a couple weeks ago. But I think the hardest one for me is the acne scars. Yeah. Because, you know, those are just permanent. And, and I, you know, I know people who have acne scars and they've done all the treatments and they still have them. And so I'm just like, "Eh, it's not really, I don't know if I I, I really want to spend all that money doing that. But yeah, there are times when I consider it, you know, and I look in the mirror and I just think, Ooh, I'm going to look like this forever. And it's probably not going to get any better as I start to get wrinkly. And, um, (laughs) yeah. And that used to, that did used to like really devastate me and kind of take me down for a day. I'd, I'd be crying and feel bad for myself, but honestly, the more and the more and more that I'm able to encourage others about it, the more that God heals me and he gives me that perspective again, where I'm able to very quickly kind of snap out of that and, and realize that it doesn't matter. (laughs) Like it just doesn't matter that I have scars on my skin in light of eternity. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so grateful that I can have that eternal perspective, you know, believing in God. I know that there's so many people who think that this is all there is and man, that is hard, Mm. you know, to think, this is it. This is my one shot and my skin is ruined. You know, it's like, that would not be a good place to be in. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm glad that I'm able to encourage others to kind of realize that. Yeah. To think eternally. I love that. I had a small group leader in college named Sonia and she would always say, live in the temporal in light of the eternal. Mm, Yeah. We have to live in today, live in the temporal, always in the light of eternity. And yeah, Man, I mean, I I think you said you needed tattooed on your eyeballs. Maybe that was something else, yeah. but I certainly feel that way. Like how many yeah. things would just dissipate, things that I think are massive would just dissipate in light of eternity. Problems yeah. that I have, things that I don't like, you know, all, all that the stuff I want to control just fades when the spotlight of eternity is put mm-hmm. on it. And we need that constant reminder because there's always something that comes up, you know, the second my skin is clear. I notice a new wrinkle or whatever, you know, there's always something. Mm. And I'm like, you know, okay, this is just like the last thing I got to remind myself of God's truth. That's good. Well, I want to close with Psalm 139, one of my very favorite Psalms, verse 13 and 14. It says, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. It's so easy for me to, as a mom, to think about those two verses over my sons, you know, to think like they are perfectly made. They were knit together in my womb. God did that. And like, I can praise him for that. It's a whole other thing, I think, for most of us to flip that and think that about ourselves. But I mean, we learn from this Psalm, like, God thought of you. He intentionally thought of you and he created you. And in light of that, in light of just the simple fact 
that he thought of you and created you and he made you in his image, we can then get to a posture of praise and gratitude saying, thank you, God, because I know that everything you do is wonderful. That means that your creation of me is wonderful. Mm. The more we can bathe ourselves in God's truth about who he is and what he says about us, the better we can be. Because you're right. We have to combat daily the messages mm-hmm. that we're getting from the world around us. Maddie, mm-hmm. I adore you. Thank you so much for being on No Matter What. Thank you so much for having me. I love this podcast. Every single episode has been so, so encouraging to me. Okay, one last thing before you go. You know I always make sure our guests talk about some passage of scripture they really clung to during their No Matter What season. And I have put all of the season one verses together in a cute, free, printable PDF that I would love to give you. Print it out and put it somewhere you will see it every day. I know it will encourage you and help you continue to renew your mind with God's truth instead of letting your circumstances dictate your theology. You can go to hannahseymour.com slash shop or find the direct link in the show notes wherever you listen. And speaking of where you listen, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, would you take two seconds to rate and review the show? It would mean so much to me and you know it helps other people find it and hopefully they'll listen and be encouraged to be who God created them to be no matter what.